Nearly a decade ago, I found myself filling the hours by listening to podcasts while my husband, Brooks, was training with the U.S. Army. Walking the streets of our Army post, I dreamt of creating something for women that bridged that gap between sermon audio and small talk. It was on the floor of my tiny closet on post that that very dream, the Dream for the Journey Women podcast, came to fruition in June of 2017. And today, by God's grace, Journey Women is now a not-for-profit ministry with the aim of moving women to know and love God more. Our monthly and one-time givers help make our mission possible. If you'd like to support the work that we do, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeywomen.org forward slash give. Thank you for investing in the work of Journey Women. Welcome to the Journey Women podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Bielis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. Today, we're chatting with Courtney Doctor about regularly rehearsing the truths of God's Word. Courtney is an author, Bible teacher, frequent conference and retreat speaker, and periodic blogger. She received an MDiv from Covenant Theological Seminary in 2013, and she currently serves as the coordinator of women's initiatives for the Gospel Coalition. Her greatest desire in all of this is to be able to faithfully study, apply, and teach the Word of God and to help others do the same. Courtney Doctor, welcome back to the Journey Women podcast. Thanks for having me, friend. (laughs) You're such a dear friend indeed. And actually, the first time that we recorded, I would say we were distant friends. We mm-hmm. knew of each other, mm-hmm. but didn't know each other. And that was probably one of the first introductions and opportunities to talk one-on-one. And by God's grace, we've had many more opportunities since. You are such a blessing to me, and not just a blessing to me, but so many women all over the world, Courtney, through your Bible studies, through your teaching, through all the things that you do with the Gospel Coalition Women's Conference and the Gospel Coalition in general. I am so blessed by the Bible studies that you've written. You have a brand new one that I'm really excited about. I have it right here in my hands, In View of God's Mercies. Absolutely beautiful cover, which we did collaborate on. We did, but you definitely (laughs) had input on that cover, and I am so grateful for it. Oh, but I'm just so grateful for um, the way that you steward the gifts that God's given you uh, just to bless the church, especially us, the younger generation. Thank you so much for your willingness to join me on the Journey Women podcast today. Oh, my word. You know that I would join you doing, we would, I would join you on a hike. I would join you for lunch. I would join you on a podcast. (laughs) I read Sam I Am last night, and now all of a sudden I feel like I'm saying that. I, yes, I would. I could. And yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That is so great. Well, I have told this to many friends, and I think I am exaggerating uh, my own like personality and my own like skill set in in a gross way. But <laughs> I like to think of myself as a younger version of you uh, because so many of the times that I've had struggles in my 30s, I've reached out to you and you have just spoken to those so directly. And so many of the struggles that I am walking through, you have also been able to speak to from experience. And so you've been such a gift to me as a friend. And I'm excited for the listeners just to get to hear that today. Well, you are so kind. I wish that I was as godly and wise and kind as you when I was your age. Um, (laughs) You you are a dear friend and a remarkable woman, and I am just blessed to know you, friend. Uh, Well, one of the things that we do over Voxer 
that I benefit <laughs> from. Yeah, you said earlier, you said, by God's grace, we have all these conversations. <laughs> and I thought, by God's grace and the Voxer app, <laughs> by both. <laughs> I'm so grateful for the opportunity to connect even at a distance. And especially over the last year, I've had a really hard year. <laughs> the listeners you have. know that just from listening to me moving from New England and relocating to a totally different cultural context and then also losing my dad and recently losing my grandmother. You have been there for me through so much of that. And I will often just describe to you, here's how I'm feeling. <laughs> and you have been such an encouragement just to renew my mind with what's true and to take what you know to be true of scripture and to help me apply that to the circumstances that I'm walking through. So I'd just love to hear from you. When did you really come to understand the importance of renewing your mind with the truth as Romans 12, 1 and 2 encourages us to do? Yeah, I think it was a, a process, but I think learning that that our knowing is what informs our doing and our being, you know, who we are and what we do is really shaped and formed by what we know. And so what I do and who I am is a direct result of what I know and what I believe. And so that was part of it. But then also coming to understand that God doesn't want to just improve me right? He doesn't want to just make me this better version of myself. He he wants to transform me. And it's this holistic transformation. He wants to transform you. He wants to transform us. It's all of me. It's all of you. And so it's, he wants to transform how I think. He wants to transform what I think, how I feel, what I feel, how, you know, what I love, uh, how I act, how I react to things. He wants to, he wants to do, to transform and to change all of it. And it's this lifelong process of transformation, but that lifelong process happens a little bit every day. Uh, and scripture tells us it happens mm. a little bit every day as we do this thing called renewing our minds. And I think we can actually flip that and say it more strongly that it won't happen if we don't renew our minds. We will not be transformed. We will not be conformed to the image of Christ if we're not renewing our minds. And so what Paul said in Romans 12 too, was he said, you know, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. And that's going to happen by the renewal of your minds so that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so Paul is telling us that first, we have to we have to learn more about God, who God is, mm. what He's done, what He's doing. And as we do this, as we learn more about who He is, He's going to do this thing. He's going to increase wisdom, godly wisdom. He's going to increase godly character. And what Romans 12, 2 says is that we're going to be able to discern His will. We're going to be able to understand his mission. We're going to be able to join him. And all of that, it happens in us as we learn and believe what he's already told us is true in his word. Yes. I'm like, yes, 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 everything. Because for so much of my life, Courtney, I spent so much time focused kind of on the flip side of what mm -hmm. you're talking about. Instead of moving from the word toward whatever situation uh -huh. I'm navigating or trying to discern my way through, I was trying to take the situation and dissect it and then maybe go backwards, like right. from the situation to the word or looking for specific verses, like to try and pull <laughs> from scripture to inform form the way I was navigating as opposed to just saying, you know what, I'm going to like, you encourage me to do this in so many different ways. Like I am going to seek to know God, <laughs> like mm. back up, mm -hmm. just 
allow who he is and his character to inform the way that I am thinking about my present circumstance. How do you do that, though, practically, Courtney? I mean... (laughs) You encourage us, yes, know the word. But I think so often we're trying to wisely discern, like, how are we going to navigate XYZ situation? And it feels really dire. And we need, like, (laughs) something to be able to do, even though we may not know all the things about who God is and how we ought to live in light of what he's done for us through the person of his son, Jesus, in that moment. So how would you encourage us to just try to apply the truth of the word, even though we may be in our infant stages of understanding it rightly. Well, I love that sort of word picture that you created about the, like, I need the verse for this situation. And I think that if we've known the Lord for any length of time and we're still living in that, then what we're not doing is hiding his word in our heart. But if we know that day by day, we are going to build on this foundation, we're going to increase in our understanding, we're going to increase in our awareness of who He is, and we respond, we live out of that according to what we know today. And so that faithful showing up and spending time in the Word day after day after day after year after year after year, it impacts those moments. Instead of them being a crisis moment, the Word of Christ Mm. will be dwelling richly in us. It won't be a panic. We won't be looking for that particular verse because the whole counsel of God's Word will do what it Mm. says it will do. It will dwell richly in us. And then the Spirit of God is so faithful to take the word of God and apply it to the lives of the people of God. I mean, that's how it that's how it works. It's this supernatural activity. I mean, the Bible is not like any other book we'll ever read. It's living, it's active, it's working. Um, and so, so I think that my twofold encouragement would be one: live out of what if you are in that crisis situation, live out of what you know to be true about God today, but also realize you need to day by day build that foundation so that five years from now, you're not in that crisis situation looking for that perfect verse, but you have a better grasp on the whole counsel of God's Word. Mm, I think that's such wise advice, and that's something that I've really been trying to employ in my own life on a daily basis. It's such a challenge, I think, with all the things that are like fighting for our attention and our affection throughout the day. Um, And you and I both have been seeking to memorize Romans 8. Are you done? Oh. No, friend. <laughs> you know, you know, the last couple of months have been a little crazy with we moved and well, we we went on a journey, right? And so it was um no, life has not been normal. I have not not been faithful in my memorization of that. <laughs> truly a journey woman. I am Let truly me in- <laughs> I have been. We did Airbnbs for five months. Oh, my word. Life's been crazy. That's true. That's true. Because you never need the word to be like in your pocket, so to speak, more than when you're on that proverbial journey, like traversing from one spot to the next. And we all know know that to be true. And yet those are often the most challenging seasons Mm -hmm. for us to take that and to put it in our pocket and to be regularly rehearsing the truths of Scripture, which is what we're going to continue to talk about on this whole entire podcast. But one of the verses that I'm sure you probably already have memorized because it's only verse five. Um, (laughs) Not going to call you out. Um, But it talks about um, setting our mind on the things of the spirit versus Mm -hmm. the things of the flesh. So I'd love to hear you just kind of 
unpack that a little bit? Like, what does it actually mean to set our mind on the things of the spirit? Mm-hmm. And how can we rightly set our mind on the things of the spirit versus the things of the flesh? I love that question because I think that's something we read over and we we read it as if we understand it, as if it makes perfect sense to us. And, and we kind of go about our, our lives like, oh yeah, I'm going to think about things of the spirit and not things that are of the flesh. And I think for many of us, what we tend to think is that there are categories of things, like these categories of things that I might think about are of the flesh, and these categories are yeah. of the spirit, right? And it's like the sacred and the secular, like they're exactly, just this great divide exactly. between the two. Yeah. And I, I think that there are some that we have to say, you know, the, some things that we desire are obviously not of the spirit. We should not think about those things. But think about Think about, let's just pick some, exercise, uh, shopping, social media, Netflix, lunch with friends, like those things. And we kind of have this vague sense that, well, maybe those are things of, like, things of the flesh. But if I think about Sunday school or Bible study or you know, serving, tutoring at-risk kids or or tithing. If I'm memorizing a verse. Right. Well, those are the things of the Spirit. So maybe that's what I need to be thinking about, but that's not actually true. So setting our mind on the things of the Spirit means that we are going to think about all things with the mind of Christ, or we're going to think about Hmm. all things through a, through a, like the lens of the kingdom, a kingdom lens. So what is God mm. doing in me? What is God doing for me? What is God doing through me as I do those things, as I exercise, as I shop, as I engage on social media, as I you know eat lunch with friends? And so when we set our minds on the things of the flesh, then in all of those situations, I'm seeking you know my kingdom, my agenda, my glory, mm. my purposes, my fulfillment, the satisfaction of my flesh. But if I set my mind on the things of the Spirit and I go about those same activities seeking His agenda, you know, Lord, what's your agenda with social media? What's your agenda with my hmm. money? What's your purpose as I have lunch with my friends? What are what are your ways in this? Where is your joy in this? Then that is setting your mind on the things of the Spirit. So it's not so much that you think about categorically different things. It's that you think about all things in categorically different ways. You think about them through the lens of the kingdom of God. Mm. You know, I think if somebody is trying to figure out, okay, what would it be like to think about myself in the context of what God's doing throughout all of, you know, redemptive history, I just want to encourage them to pick up your book, From Garden to Glory. It's a study that kind of helps us nestle ourselves in the big story of redemption. Like you just kind of explained so wonderfully there. So that's a great resource if you're looking for something to help you kind of just see yourself as a part of one little part, like what God's been doing throughout all of history. And I love thinking about that. Like, I love thinking about just what God's doing throughout the world and to try and like get really small and just acknowledge him as the big God that he is. So why is it important that we're regularly thinking about those truths, like the truths of God's word and how does he use the word to transform us as we meditate on its truths? Uh, well, I mean, we are, <laughs> I can I can speak in the singular, I am so prone to wander. I am so prone to forget. I am prone to just disbelief. And so the gospel, uh, what Jesus has done and what it means for me to be united to him, I, I need to remember that every single day. And so 
scripture tells us that the word of God is our is our weapon. It's our sword. And so yeah. we need to wield it every day, right? It tells us that it's food. It's it's food for us that strengthens us. And so we need to consume it every day. So there will never be a day in this life that you and I do not need to know and rehearse and believe God's word. I mean, every single day. Mm. And so as each day brings these new challenges, new trials, new fears that come at us, we have to, in each one of those, preach the gospel right back to ourselves, remind ourselves of what is true in each situation, and not only remind ourselves of it, but then believe it. We have to do the hard work to take our thoughts captive and to let let the Word of God— I think taking our thoughts captive means that what we do is we let the Word of God have the final say over all of our thoughts, over all of our feelings, over every perspective that we have. Uh, and I love how Don Carson calls it this grace-driven effort. You know, he's, he said that people do not drift towards holiness, that apart from this grace-driven effort, uh, we don't gravitate towards these things, godliness, prayer, obedience to Scripture. But so this this idea that we have to put effort in, uh, we can only do it by the grace of God. But as we do that, as we put the effort in to tell ourselves, to say it to ourselves again, and then to believe it, to cling to it, what we will mm-hmm. start noticing is that you and I are going to start reacting in new ways to old challenges. And that's transformation. When you and I can react in new ways to old challenges, that's transformation. And it's not going to happen if we're not preaching the gospel to ourselves every single day. Mm, Absolutely. You know, I was listening to my pastor preach yesterday. He was talking a lot about corporate prayer and how prayer is really the way we wield the weapon of God's word. And I'm like, Oh, that is so good. And so it's I'm just being encouraged in every way just to continue tethering back to the word, like both in my prayer life, in my thought life, in my evangelism, in the way in which I speak to my children, like all these things in the way in which I go about discipleship relationships, like it just always comes back to the word. So how does the Lord really use his word Um, to bring about his purpose for us. Like you so beautifully laid out just how it's to direct us to the grand story of the gospel, the what God's doing in and through the person of his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, You you just talk about this, Courtney, like how does God use his word to bring about our salvation and sanctification? And what does this path of kind of journeying on toward our heavenly home, toward eternity, look like for us as journey women? Uh, Well, so sanctification, right? Big word that just means the process that God takes us on after He saves us of, of conforming us more to the image of His Son, working out the truths of His salvation, the things that He tells us are true. Once he saves us, he gives us peace. He gives us joy. He gives us hope. He gives us these things. And they become more of a reality in our lives. And I think it's it's the Word of God where we learn those things. It's the Word of God that that acts in us, right? We've already said it's living, it's active, it's alive, it's different than any other book we'll ever read. And I think that it's important to note that most of us, me included, can think— that it's reading God's Word is the end game. So in the morning, I'm going to open God's Word, I'm going to read it, I'm going to close it, and I'm going to check off, I have spent time in God's Word. But what I want to say is, no, 
That is reading is the beginning of it. And while we read it, right, God is at work. The Spirit of God is moving, doing what we what we just talked about, taking this Word of God. He's applying it to our hearts. And so I'm sure you've had that experience. You're reading along, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden you're reading, and the Word just jumps out at you. That's the Spirit of God, taking the Word of God. And you might be convicted of sin, or you might be reminded of God's holiness, or you might learn something new about God's salvation. And so what do you do when that happens? Hopefully you respond in some way. Either either you repent, or you worship or you thank him, or you obey him, or you believe him. I mean, uh, the responses can vary depending on what it is that the word is is teaching it. But as we do that, as we not just read it, but respond to it, that is God using his holy word to conform us into the image of Christ. That's him sanctifying us as we respond faithfully. And so sanctification is never a straight path. I always say it looks more like a stock market chart in a bear market, but um, but it's this up and down with a general trajectory of, of moving forward, moving towards godliness. And it will also never be complete in this life, but it is the process that God calls us. It's the journey he calls us to walk on is to, to know him more, to love him more, to resemble him more, to bear his image more faithfully in this life. Life is crazy sometimes, and finding time to sit down and read the Bible can be difficult. That is why I love Dwell. When I can't find time to read the Bible, I can listen to it. The voices reading the Bible are soothing. They're not your normal narrators. Plus, you can choose calming background music and adjust the pace of the narrator's voice to get things just right. Dwell's newest release is called Dwell Daily, a fresh, thoughtfully crafted devotional that immerses you in the word, allowing you to pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your engagement with the Bible this year, Dwell Daily is worth checking out. I cannot recommend Dwell enough to help you orient your mind to the life-giving word of God throughout your day. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for your 25% discount to subscribe and spend time in God's Word. I think when I'm at the bottom of the stock market chart. Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) (laughs) You are definitely not, my friend. You are definitely not. (laughs) When when I'm there, I, I actually felt like I was there a little bit yesterday. Just it's in the moment when you're like you're in despair where you're like, man, I I really like can't see the forest for the trees. Like I don't have eyes to see who I am or who God is and what he's working in light of who he is in my present circumstance. And I am just like, you know, Twitter painted for lack of a better word. (laughs) Sometimes I'll turn to like, finding a good word you know Mm -hmm. like from somebody else Mm -hmm. and I would say I'm beyond like looking to the culture for those words but a lot of times that's looking to a friend for a word or you know something else maybe even an outside resource other than scripture Mm -hmm. Um, but I do want to talk about just the cultural mantras of our day and how susceptible we can be to those, even if we're not like looking for cultural affirmations or positive affirmations in a secular sense, like just even 
looking on Instagram, for example. I mean, there's some really helpful content on Instagram, but I think a lot of times when we're in that despair, that moment of despair, we could be looking just to the wrong places, like to try and receive a word, if you will, uh, to speak to our present circumstance. So how does scripture speak a better word? Then the cultural mantras of our day and even then our own friends can speak to us in the moment, unless, of course, they're using the very words of God right? <laughs> to encourage our heart. <laughs> Those are the kind of friends we need. Those are the friends we need. Amen. Well, you know, instead of like looking at each of the different cultural mantras that are so easy to believe, I think it's important to just talk about truth. And I heard somebody a few weeks ago mm. talk about the difference between your truth versus the truth, because that is this umbrella mantra of the day that you can put all of the smaller ones under this. It's your truth. And so we are told constantly that we're, we're, it's okay to determine your own truth. And, and if it's true for you, then mm -hmm. how can I argue against it? Right? Somebody will end a conversation by saying, well, this is my truth or, or that is your truth. And that that is literally the end of the conversation. But truth, what we know by definition, truth is not, it's not arbitrary. It's, it's a fixed thing. It is outside of us. And truth rules over us. We do not rule over, over truth. Uh, truth changes us. We don't get to change truth. And so if the Bible is true truth, it is the it is the unchanging, always true word of the living God. He is the one who spoke all things into existence. He has spoken true words. He is the one who, who knows you, who knows me. He knows what we need. He knows what is good for us in all situations. And so ultimately, we have to submit our opinions. We have to submit our thoughts. We have to submit our truth even the ones that sound so good to us, we have to submit it all mm -hmm. to, to His Word and let the Word of God truly have the final say on all things. Because, mm -hmm. And we don't get to pick and choose. We don't get to add God's Word to this smorgasbord of opinions where, you know, where I like it, I'll let it reign and rule as true. Because the Word of God is a whole thing, and it, it reigns over us. It tells us what is true. Mm. We don't get to tell it what is true. And so at the end of the day, we either submit to all of God's Word as truth, or we submit to none of it. And so that mm. idea of picking and choosing our cultural mantras of the ones that, that make us feel empowered or make us feel good, I mean, all of those just have to be submitted to the eternally true, supremely true uh, magnificently true word of God. Mm -hmm. And I just am thinking about how much more important it is for us just to be dwelling there so mm -hmm. that we can uh, discern the truth from counterfeits. I think a lot of times we're interested in learning from other people, but it just, to me, bolsters the importance of investing as much time as we possibly can and really understanding the truth of God's word. Like, I just want to say that I've been really challenged to do that, not just for myself, yes, for myself always, <laughs> but also for those whom the Lord has entrusted me to care for, namely my children, but then also younger women in the church and how important it is for us to be able to, when they come in that moment of crisis or in that moment of need, um, to be able to instruct them rightly with the word. And we can't do that unless we know it. And scripture says it's clear that out of the abundance of the heart, 
the mouth speaks. And so what's in our heart? Like Deuteronomy 6 would tell us these words shall be on your heart, right? So how can we gauge what's in our heart, what's on our heart, and how can we have transformed hearts that really desire the commandments of the Lord, as the psalmist says in Psalm 119? Mm. I was just right before this, you know, I I had to drive my grandchildren back to their house to get them with a babysitter. I've had them for the last 48 hours and we were in the car. I mean, this was an hour and a half ago. We were singing a song from Rain From Roots that says, your heart is where the words of your mouth grow. Your mouth is where the the thoughts of your heart go. And then it says, Jesus chains our hearts to bear good fruit. But isn't that beautiful? Your heart is where the words of your mouth grow, and your mouth is where the thoughts of your heart go. I just thought that is such beautiful truth. Uh, our, our words are going to be one of the best gauges of the conditions of our heart. And so when you are, when I am, just suddenly jostled by something, mm. what spills out? What what just mm. what is the overflow? What comes out? Is it anger? Is it jealousy? Is it bitterness? Or is it prayer and truth and wisdom and peace? I mean, joy. What are what spills out? And so that that transformed heart is a work of God. But again, it's that it's going to be transformed also as we renew our minds and we hide those words in our heart. And you referenced Psalm 119. And Psalm 119, it's the longest chapter in all of Scripture. And it is a chapter that I go to over and over again whenever mm-hmm. I am feeling just apathetic or lethargic in my quiet times or in my time of reading. I will go read it. But it says things like, blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. I will praise you with an upright heart. I will learn your righteous rules, like the connection between how I love him and and his words. It says, with my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments, or I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I mean, it's all these, like, the, the benefits of the Word of God, the beauty of the Word of God, the, the work of the Word of God. I mean, it's really captured in Psalm 119. And so there's all this back and forth in that psalm of, of the Word of God and what it does for us. And so it cultivates in me a desire to know the Word, to love the Word. Mm. Uh, so I, I, I go back and read it and, and ask the Lord to do for me what He did for the psalmist that wrote it because I want to love the word of God in the same way that he did. And and how much more so can I love it? Because I know the word of God who's been made flesh. I mean, I know the mm. word of God that ministers to me and, and isn't just the law and the commandments, but I know the fulfillment of those things. And so how much more should I love the word of God? Mm. That is so, so good. You know, I <clears throat> well, I will often read this chapter and think, I really want the testimonies of the Lord to be my delight. And it's so fun to like flip back in that Psalm and see that the same person is praying and asking God, open my eyes, open my eyes so that I might behold wondrous things out of your law, like asking the Lord for his help as we seek to know the Bible and the truths of the word, like you mentioned. So how can we really come to know and love the Bible in a way that helps us to keep it on our lips and to live it out as Scripture encourages us to do. 
I would say, ask the Lord to give you that love. I mean, just just mm. ask Him. He delights to give you the love of His Word. And, and then I will, I'm going to paraphrase uh, what our dear friend Jen Wilkin and others have said. We are not going to love what we do not know. If we want to love the Word, we need to know the Word. So mm. my first encouragement is pray, ask the Lord to give you that love, but then be obedient. Read the Word, study the Word, and do it expectantly and do it obediently. And don't expect the love and the joy to precede the obedience. I think that that love and joy comes as we obey and we spend time in the Word. And so read it expectantly. Read it in a way that you are believing that God is going to meet you, believing that God is going to sustain you. Uh, study the word, memorize the word, and I promise you, and I think you can, you can um, second my testimony. The love and the joy will come. And so, if you're listening and you're at the beginning of your journey with God's word, ask the Lord to give you a love of His word. Ask Him to help you memorize His word, and just keep showing up because His word really does all that it says it will do. It is a book that the more you read it, the more you really will, you really will love it. If I can also add on to that, find a friend who loves it. And that's mm -hmm. what you've been to me, Courtney. I mean, we talked about read it, see it, say it. That's part of the like encapsulation of the idea of saying it, to use it for instruction. And you do that so beautifully in friendship and as a teacher. Uh, you guys can Google Courtney's name and you can find talks that she's done at the Gospel Coalition. You can find a whole host of things. If you pick up one of her studies, there are actually videos that come with this Roman study, at least, um, where you can like get to listen and sit under the teaching of one who has so faithfully studied the word for so long. And that is such a blessing to be able to kind of contagiously like absorb someone else's love for the word and to know, okay, this actually has to drive me to the word. Like I can't just sit here and like take everything Courtney says, but it does encourage me mm -hmm. um, to go and do the same. Like I want to be a woman who is a few decades ahead of where I'm at now that loves the word like you do, Courtney. So for teachers, even teaching in like an informal capacity, so like discipleship, for example, like we're all to teach the word. I mean, that's what Matthew 28 instructs, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded. So we're all teaching in some capacity, even if it's informally like discipleship or in the context of motherhood or in like a preschool class in our local church context. How can we know and love the Bible in a way that helps us encourage other people to do the same? Oh, I love that question because I really, I felt like I had been teaching God's Word in kind of a formal setting for a while, and I was really convicted that I was not even in the home. So with, with our children when they were at home, I wasn't even talking about, I wasn't sharing the joy that I have in the Word with them as much as I was with the women I was teaching in a formal setting. Mm. And so, and, and then I thought uh, I paid attention to that, did that spill over into friendships and other things? And I think it was, I think I felt like that the teaching platform was an opportunity to really just explain how much I loved it. But the reality is 
I loved it even when I wasn't teaching. And so to become more transparent with your love of God's Word, talk about it. Mm. Tell people what is sustaining you, what is strengthening you right now, like currently, not just 20 years ago, but what is the Lord doing in your life right now through His Word? What is He showing you about Himself right now in His Word? And, and so don't get so caught up in teaching the truths that you neglect to show how the truth has changed you. Um, show the joy that you feel as you study it and you teach it and and love the Word of God in a way that others will want that kind of love and will only find it in the Word of God. And so I think the, the encouragement that I received and that I would pass on is just be transparent in, in your love of God's Word and what it's doing in you currently. Mm. I couldn't agree with that more. And I think about, you know, you and I, just before we got on the show, we're talking about Sonic. Uh, <laughs> it's so basic. <laughs> It's such a humble confession on my end. <laughs> but, you know, we're just talking about our love for Sonic Ice. And I'm sure many people who are listening have heard someone else talk about how awesome Sonic Ice is and how because you'll even go is. and buy Sonic Ice for parties because it's so great. And and that's part of what this is. Like, we talk about it and then we, mm. you know, want others might want to try it. They might want to try Sonic Eyes. They might want to try reading God's Word. And I'll tell you what, that was what was really um, transformative for me, Courtney, when I had been walking waywardly in high school and I had a youth pastor who loved me enough to say, hey, how's, how, how's your life? How's everything going? Um, and I was, at the time, honest enough to say, not great. Mm -hmm. um, and he used that as an opportunity to encourage me just to get in my Bible. And he challenged mm -hmm. me. He's like, read it every day. It'll change you. Like, just try well, it. it will. Uh, <laughs> and I started to read it every day. I took him literally. You know me too well, Courtney. Mm -hmm. I did do that every day. <laughs> <laughs> when you said you answered him honestly, I was like, that is the only way you ever answer. I love it. I know. Of course you did. Of I literally did. would write day number 368 in my journal. Um, mm. And it was, that was, that is, I think a lot of times people wondered, like, how could this person be so different? I'm the president of my of my senior high school, <laughs> or I was a senior president or whatever, and I planned the 10-year reunion. And I thought, I wonder what they're going to think, hmm. you know, when they mm -hmm. see me now yeah. 10 years later, <laughs> having graduated from high school, having loved the things of the world, having set my mind on the things of the flesh for the four years that I was in high school, and now having set my mind on the things of the Spirit, like mm -hmm. for, for the I subsequent know. 10 years and what a radical work God can do. Sometimes our progress feels really slow, but I think if we look back on years, mm -hmm. we're like, Exactly. Wow. Totally exactly. different person. Entirely different person than I was Praise 10 God. years ago. So if somebody is wanting to engage in understanding the word better, growing in their love for the word, growing in their understanding of what it's like to regularly rehearse its mm -hmm. truths, what's just one practical step that you would offer to them? Well, I mean, I'm still a fan of of like you know obviously memorizing scripture right so so memorize memorize scripture it will it will reap beautiful rewards and i am i'm still a fan of writing it down on a 3 by 5 card and just keeping it in front yeah. of you i mean i tape them on my on my bathroom mirror i've put them on my dashboard i've you know carried them with me in different seasons of of life in the car and I, but i will say just as an aside most of my 
scripture memory early in my walk, because I'm like you, most of everybody from high school and college, you know, I'm sure is like, oh, Courtney loves the word. I didn't know. <laughs> it is definitely a transformation by the grace of God. Praise his holy name. So most <laughs> of my, um, my early scripture memory came through these, they were cassette tapes. So, you know, just do the math. How old I am? The cassette tapes that I bought for my kids. And so it was like GT and the Halo Express or you know, Adventures in Odyssey. And scripture, like it was sung or it was wrapped and it stuck in my mind. And we will even now yeah. today with adult children, we, 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 last time we were together in February, <laughs> the whole family, we were like singing it, like we could remember it and we were <laughs> yes. singing it. And so I guess basically what I'm saying is you need to read it and you need to say it and you need to see it and you need to sing it because <laughs> as a wise woman once told me, read it, see it, say it, sing it. Um, yeah, but memorize it, hide it, hide it in your heart. And whatever, whatever method works for you. Yes. Do that. It's so true. I was talking to our dear friend, Irene Sun, mm, and we're her. preparing for the Gospel Coalition or breakout session that we're doing called Quiet Time in a Busy World or something like that. Quiet mm -hmm. Time when it's not quiet. And uh, she told me about how she writes it. And I'm like, wow, I did read it, see it, say it, sing it. But I'm like, we could tack write it <laughs> onto the end of that because, you know, it just, it, it is. It's however you can, whenever you can. And that's the idea behind the method, quote unquote, that I'm trying to encourage people to employ when it comes to scripture memory. And it really did, it really was birthed mm -hmm. out of my own desperate need for God's word in a season when sitting down and feasting on its truths um, mm -hmm. was harder to come by. And so we've got to figure out ways to stick it in our pocket and take it on the go. That's definitely one of my simple joys uh, when it comes to knowing the and loving the Bible. But mm -hmm. uh, I can't wait to hear what yours are because, man, you have just lived my dreams, Courtney. Me and you have studied it so deeply. <laughs> so what are three of your simple joys when it comes to knowing and loving God's Word? I think that if I ever find my joy is kind of waning, I remind myself of how much access I have to the Word in my own language, yeah. in my heart language, that it has been—I look over on my bookshelf, and there's dozens of Bibles in different translations, uh, but they're all in my— first language, and they are mm. readily available. And it just, it brings me much joy and it humbles me to realize, you know, when when Jesus said to, you know, go into all the world and, and to the far ends of the earth, that's us. Like we are the far ends of the, of the earth. And the word has reached us because people have been faithful to bring the word to us. And so I'm grateful with that. I think that my second one would be singing the words from scripture and so I was just even recently, both Indelible Grace and Shane and Shane have a Psalm 51 that I love. I've been singing that. And uh, again, in the car an hour and a half ago, we were singing with Slugs and Bugs, uh, Deuteronomy yes. 6, 5. And it's just so fun. You know, we were just singing that in the car that, you know, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Deuteronomy 6, 5. Like, it's just, it just brings joy to sing it. And so I, and I can't sing. So it's not like, it's not like the joy is because of my voice, because I can't hit a, hit a note if I try. But, and then I would say the third thing is something new, and I've already just mentioned, and that's sitting under teachers who love the word. It's just contagious. And so you and I are, you know, 
know, we're so blessed. I mean, Jen Wilkin, Nancy Guthrie, Jackie Hill Perry, Melissa Kruger. I mean, you, like, they're a page friend. Like, there are so many people that just, (laughs) that I love to sit under their teaching because their love of the word is contagious. So those would be my three, my three joys in knowing and loving the Bible. I have no idea how, I mean, wow, but God, like the fact that I actually get to talk to you guys is the best thing of just, I don't know, this decade. (laughs) And like, I just am so grateful for the opportunity to get to share those conversations with others. That was really the heart behind Journey Women, taking the people that God had so abundantly blessed me with and getting to share them with others because I came to this realization, wow, not everybody has access uh, to someone like Courtney Doctor. Um, And so it's such a blessing to get to have you on the show. You know, we love talking about who has had an impact on our journey with the Lord, um, on like who God's used in our life uh, to encourage us to continue on the journey that he set us on. So I'd love to hear from you. Uh, Who is it that's had the greatest impact? I've already asked you in a previous episode on your journey with Jesus. So Mm -hmm. who's had the greatest impact on the way you know and love God's word? Well, before I answer that, I just want to say I have so loved seeing the videos and the recordings of your grandmother and the impact she's had Mm. on your life. It's just, it is, may the Lord grant me that with my grandchildren, because that Mm. is such Mm. a beautiful testimony. And and she had an impact on me just watching her recite the Word of God. So it was so beautiful. I I did not grow up with grandparents. And so I would say that there have Mm. just been so many people. It was early on. I didn't become a believer until my early 20s. And there was a BSF, Mm -hmm. uh, Bible Study Fellowship, teaching leader named Joe Coltrane, who just taught the Word like I'd never heard it before. Mm. Um, In seminary, I had had pastors that were just so—I mean, professors that were just so pastoral. And so I think of some you know, Jace Glar, Brad Matthews, Hans Beyer, Jack Collins. I mean, they're just— and then I think of what, who we just talked about, fellow Bible teachers, uh, John Wilkin, Melissa Kruger, Nancy Guthrie. You, I mean, like, we look at these people, and they have an impact on the way I know and love the Bible. But what I see, since I can't just name one person, what I see is that they have this common thread. And the, the common thread is that they all love the Word of God. And the, and the love of God's Word is evident in their lives. It's it's true, right? Because we know them in real life. So whether it's my professors or our fellow Bible teachers or or my BSF teaching leader, I know them in in real life. And the love that they have for God's word is evident in their their very real day to day lives. And so, mm-hmm. I think that's what's had the greatest impact is seeing how it mm. it does. Back to our first question, it does transform us. It changes us. Couldn't agree more. I am too. Thank you so much for your faithfulness just to testify to its truths today. Like I said, there's so many opportunities for you guys to continue learning from Courtney and also to do that in the context of your local church, uh, using the studies that she has so just generously labored over on our behalf. And so if you want to check those out, you can find them all in the show notes and stuff like that. Courtney, thank you for joining us on the Journey Women podcast today. It's been a joy to have you on the show again. Thanks for having me, Hunter. We pray that this conversation with Courtney causes you to reach for your Bible however you can, whenever you can today. If you enjoyed the conversation, would you take a second and just share it with someone who you want to see, know, and love God and His Word? Mama's My Upcoming Children's Book, Read It, See It, Say It, Sing It, is designed to do just that, to encourage kiddos to know and love the Bible. 
It's available for pre-order right now. And if you pre-order, you'll gain access to some practical videos of me and my kids modeling the method that we use for scripture memory. You can find the link in the show notes of this episode or on my website at hunterbelis.com. This episode was edited and sound designed by the team at Sound On Studios. You can find out more about their work at soundonsoundoff.com. We are so grateful for them and for you. Can't wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week.